Today is Thanksgiving, and as we get to Thanksgiving, Chad's going to throw a couple announcement slides up on the wall there for us. Look at that. Liara is now in the front row club. That's awesome. Usually she runs away from me, but now she's in the front row club. I like to see that, that you're, you're, we're growing on each other. You know, let me, let me start. I like you. You like me. Let's be friends. No, I like Elizabeth more, she says. You know what? So do I. I like Elizabeth more, too. Well, I just want to say thank you for your faithfulness and your giving of your tithes and offerings. And uh, we have just been so blessed that we've been able to pay a number of bills, all of our bills. Right, Rebecca? We've paid all of our bills that we know of? Okay. Well, yeah, but, but they're, they're good to go. So we're not owing anything. That's the point. My point is, is that we're able to pay our bills. But uh, we're so thankful because um, there are some places that can't do that. And uh, I just know that God has called us to be a church for this community, for this season, for now. And uh, he uses you and me to bless this community, to share the love of God. And one of the ways we do that, to show our appreciation to God, is to give our tithes and our offerings. And so thank you so much. And if you've never given before, uh, the way that you can give is uh, through our website or through e-transfer. And it's all listed there. Or if you still have cash or if any of you still have checks, you can still give through your cash and check through our little offering plate at the back. So uh, we make it, I think, relatively easy to do uh, as long as it's working out for you in our favor that way. So praise God that uh, he has been faithful to us. And I praise God for you that you've been faithful to him. Uh, with that said, we've got some exciting announcements coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, so I encourage you, if you're not here, to watch online for an exciting announcement coming next week uh, about our church and our future. And uh, it's going to require a little bit of investment from us. No, it doesn't relate to the flooring, although that is a question that keeps coming up. Yes, we have a plan. Am I going to tell you what it is? Ask me later. But uh, we do have some exciting things coming up uh, that we want to just announce. And uh, good for our church, good for our community. And it's going to help us continue to put our best foot forward moving into the future. And so you can be praying for next week and being excited about that announcement. As well, I don't have a slide for it, but we have our annual business meeting that was supposed to happen in April. It's coming up in November. And so if you are a member of our church, we invite you to attend. Uh, we're going to host it, um, if we can, a little bit in person and on Zoom because we have some members that aren't able to meet in person. So we're going to send out an email with that information in this, this coming week. So you'll have all that at your fingertips. And then you can ask me any questions that you have in regards to that. So any questions? We could do that. Any questions? No questions. I must have been thorough. All right. Well, if you have a Bible today, I'm going to take a few minutes. And as we get to Psalm 107, we're going to head to the Old Testament. We're going to take a pause and a break today on the um, Not a Fan series. We're going to jump back into that next week. But I thought on Thanksgiving Sunday, we need to take a pause and just talk about Thanksgiving. What does it mean to be thankful? What does it mean to give thanks? And this morning, uh, as, a, as a parent, as a father, you know, I had a little bit of a, a bit of a difficulty with my own patience. And even as we were singing this morning, I was just reminded that, uh, you know, as, as much as, as parenting has its challenges in its moments, it has so many great blessings as well. And I am so blessed to have an incredible family, some incredible children, an incredible wife. It's something that I'm extremely thankful for. And I wondered today, 
you know, even, even in the moments that are tough. I wonder, it, sometimes it's so hard for us to say thank you. What? What did he do? He's watching, oh. <laughs> in the moments that are tough, you know, we sing it in the song today, Raise a Hallelujah. That's right. That's right, we did. We sang it louder, right, Liara? That was good. We sang it nice and loud because even in the middle of the storm, as the song says, if you want the darkness to flee, giving thanks doesn't necessarily make the situation go away. It doesn't mean that you pretend it's not there. But what does it do? It changes our heart and our perspective and just sort of helps remind us that we're a part of something bigger than we can see with our own two eyes. When we begin to give thanks in the middle of our suffering, when we begin to, begin to give thanks in the middle of the storm, when we give thanks, our perspective changes because we begin to see, I believe, more into the spiritual realm than the physical. And we get to see just how great God is in the middle of our storm. Again, it doesn't make the darkness actually go away. It just means the darkness has no control over my life. It means the darkness has no more fear. I have no more fear in my life. When I begin to give thanks through every situation. Now, most of us probably have had moments like that. I would say most of us, our bad day is probably like, I just, I'm feeling tired or lazy today. And I find even in those moments, taking a minute to say thank you to God and showing a little appreciation and gratitude for where you're at in that moment doesn't change the fact that you have work that has to get done. Doesn't change the fact that there's still people that you need to talk to or, or, or parenting that you still need to do or whatever the case may be. But it helps to lighten the load a little bit when we come at it with an attitude of gratitude. As we get to Psalm 107 this morning, I'll share a quick story. I remember years ago going on a school trip. And uh, we had some interesting personalities in our class. It was a small group of students going and two students in particular really did not get along. They absolutely hated each other. Like, maybe hate strong, but there was definitely just some good animosity between them. And for no real reason other than the fact they just didn't like each other. Now raise your hands nice and high if there's somebody in your life you don't like. <laughs> if that person is your spouse, just give me a wink, okay? No. And I remember leading up to this trip going, you know, I'm going to do my best to sit either at the very back of the vehicle or at the very front of the vehicle because I don't want to get in the middle of these two people. And so as we were getting ready to go, it's literally minutes before we jump in the vehicle to drive, you know, 20-something hours for this school trip. And I remember my youth pastor, he came out, he was on the trip, and he said, uh, Let's, let's look at this lesson of gratitude today. And all of us went, what's gratitude mean again? And he said, you know, he explains thanksgiving and being thankful. And did his very best to set the trip up in a way that would help us be thankful in every situation. And in that moment, I felt as I just began to say, thank you for this opportunity to go on a trip. Thank you for friends that I can go with. When I began to take these moments and do these things, the problem around me didn't go away, but my attitude shifted in a way that allowed me to have an enjoyable start, middle, and finish. Now, here's the funny part of the story. We, we took a break on our trip, and we went to a Six Flags. And this, it, in this, this group, it was a guy and a girl that hated each other. And so my friend, I did not endorse this. It is funny, but very mean. We're in the queue at Six Flags in Denver. 
running our hand along, you know, the metal bars that you'd find at an amusement park. Well, he finds a piece of gum stuck under the handle. Well, sure enough, we discover that this girl had put it under the handle because he knew that he was coming and he was going to hit it. So he grabbed it. When she wasn't looking, he put it deep in the back of her hair. (laughs) Just not the way to show gratitude. Um, Payback might feel good, but it's never good. And uh, the rest of that moment was not pretty. And I can remember being at the hotel and the teacher delicately trying to cut this young girl's hair because the gum had gotten incredibly stuck. (laughs) So if you want to avoid having gum in your hair, take a moment and be kind, give thanks, and believe that God's got a better plan than your animosity towards somebody else. All right, 107 of the book of Psalms. This is what it says. Verse 1 to 3. It's right at the beginning. Shocker, the first line is, give thanks to the Lord. Why? For he is good. Say, he is good. He is good. Oh, it's perfect. His love endures how long? Forever. All right. Verse 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those he redeemed from their head of the foe, those he gathered from the lands from the east, the west, the north, and the south. All right, so who is supposed to give thanks to the Lord? Everyone. People from where? The north? People from the east? Sure. I was going to point and you just said it all. There was no unity. There was no unity in there. All right, those gathered from the lands from the north? To the south, to the east, to the west. We'll work on that. I I bet you knew that. So, Ronan, here's something for you. For generations, do you know what a generation is? So, for all all the grandpas, your grandparents, your parents, and you and your kids, those are different generations. It says for generations... Israel had been separated from the promised land. And in turn meant that they were separated from God. Separate yourselves from the stage, children. And what is amazing about this psalm and this story is this psalm is a celebration in response to God's faithfulness, allowing them to once again return to the promised land being able to finally come home. It's a psalm where they get to give thanks, not because of something that they did, not because of something that, an action that they did, but because God was so good and faithful, they were able to give thanks in that season. They praise God for what he created us in the first place. God created everything to bring him glory. And he created something so special that could bring him the ultimate praise He created you, and he created me. Did you know that you were created as someone special today? Just nod your head. If you don't agree with me, I'm going to tell you today. God created you as something special. He created us as a community of people to be something not just unique or extra special. He created us to be extra special. And he didn't create us to be extra special. We have the benefits. But he didn't create us to be extra special so we could show it off to the world and say, you know, God loves people more than anything else. No, God created us special because he created us in his what? In his image. To bring him glory. 
to bring him praise, to bring him celebration. All that we are is because of him. All that we have is because of him. We live in the place that we do because God says so. We praise him for redemption. We praise him for his faithfulness. Now, the second part of this verse goes, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Well, what is our story? Those who he redeemed from the hand of the foe. Does anyone ever talk about their enemies as foe? Anyone ever use the word foe? F-O-E? Foe? No? Who thinks we should revive the word? Like, i got a couple of foes to deal with in my life. It's kind of like a nice way to say something, right? Instead of, you know... I got a couple expletive words in people in my life. You say, I got a couple foes in my life. Got a couple foes. I'm married to, to, to one of them. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm just, I'm pretending I'm one of you. I'm going to get in trouble and I don't even, not even worth it. Don't say funny jokes. This is not actually funny, Pastor Gary. But who's supposed to tell their story? The redeemed, those the Lord saved from those who are against them. Redeemed simply means this. It means to say it means to rescue. Can you say rescue? rescue? Can you say rescue, Ronan? No. Okay. To rescue. Now, if you happen to head out over here on Lake Superior, uh, and you were to go on a boat, do you think you would want to jump out of that boat without a life jacket? Do you think you'd want to jump out of that boat with a life jacket? That water would be so cold. It always is. Although this time of year, into November, the lake is the warmest now than it usually is for the rest of the year, just as a whole. Just fun fact. But if we were to fall into that lake, and we were to see a boat come, or a ship come, or, or somebody come, what would we yell out? Help! Help! Rescue me! Save me! And if that person were to throw us a... a, a uh, a buoy with a rope or whatever and pull us into their boat, give us some nice warm clothes to wear, what do you think we would say to that person? Thank you. Now, when they brought us back to shore and we were, you know, through the hospital, checked out okay and everything, and what do you think we would do with that story, that experience that just happened to us? Would we, would we just not tell anybody about it ever? Or do you think we would tell everybody? I would be like, hey, this is an incredible story. I'd be on Facebook right away. I mean, I'm on Facebook all the time. But I'd be on there right away saying, look, I was drowning. I was cold. And somebody rescued me. Somebody saved me. I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to sing like I've never sung before because somebody just saved my life. Let the redeemed, let those who are rescued tell their story. Specifically, redeemed not only means to rescue, it also means to buy something back or rescue something with the payment of a pro or a price. So not only did the Israelites get rescued from the hand of their enemies, God actually paid a price to have them become rescued. So that person that would have to come rescue me, let's change the story a little bit. You're out in the middle of the lake and you have one of those fancy GPS emergency device type things. I don't know exactly what they're called. And all of a sudden the boat you're in capsizes and you're drowning, you're, maybe you're floating, you're cold. And you press that button and it gets transferred to a call center and the Coast Guard comes and finds you. 
They track the GPS signal of that device to find out where you are, and they send in a swimmer. They got a whole crew of people on this ship, and they come and they save you. Now, those people have to get paid. That ship's going to need fuel to get there. They're going to have to pay for the boat. It's going to cost them something to come and rescue you. Being redeemed means to rescue with a price. Could you say rescue with a price? Rescue with a price. We can apply this same redemption to our own lives when we place our trust in Jesus. When we place our trust in Jesus as our own personal sin barrier. That's right. Our redemption from our sin comes through a Savior named Jesus Christ. Romans 3.24 tells us, And all who are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came through Christ Jesus. You know, it's important to remember that the Israelites, they were redeemed from something. They were redeemed from the hand of their enemies. But they were redeemed for a purpose. God doesn't save us and just leave us. God actually redeems us for something. We sang it this morning. We sang the first song that we sang was all about the freedom that we have in Jesus. We sing about the freedom that comes when the Spirit is alive in our lives. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. God saves us for a purpose. He saves us for, Ronan, freedom. He saves us for a purpose. We are to glorify God with our lives. And how do we do that? We tell the story. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Now, number three today, we took at, well, who? Who are the people that tell their story? Nope. Well, no. You. You tell the story. You know, lots of times when I drive by Ronan's house, or sometimes when I drive by his house and he's outside and I stop and say hi, he usually has to tell me a story or tell me something. Yeah, yeah, he's Rebecca's child. That's right. And I like that. Because Ronan tells me all about his day. He tells you what he's doing, tells you what's going on. Usually something to do with his dad and a four-wheeler or a boat. Because they were all in the front yard and that's what we were talking about. But who are the people? Well, there's actually a number of people that are represented in this story. Because he says from the north, the south, the east, and the west. There's four groups of people. Say four groups. Four groups. So the first group of people, there was a group of Israelites who didn't get into captivity. They weren't taken as slaves. They became wanderers in barren places. Wanderers in the wilderness. They were a wanderer. They were a wanderer. They wandered round and round and round. No one knows that song? Wow. I don't know that song. I used to hear it on the radio all the time when I was little. They basically became nomad people. They're kind of the people that live where we are, you know. We're very different from people in southern Ontario. They would call us nomads, even though we have these beautiful towns that we live in. They're separated from the promised land. They were exiled, removed from the presence of others. You know, they had their own maybe little families and tribes and these kinds of things, but they weren't part of another community. They weren't part of anything growing. And I believe our world is full of nomads today searching for purpose, searching for hope, searching for something real. Our communities along the North Shore, there are people that are struggling and, and people turn to all kinds of things trying to find purpose in their life, trying to find a feeling of fulfillment. 
I think even in my own life, are there moments where I feel like it's just not enough. I'm not satisfied. There's got to be something more. When I take a posture of appreciation and thankfulness and give thanks, I begin to understand my purpose and my value. Because I I realize the very fact that God gave me breath in my lungs. When I recognize that it was God who gave me breath, I have something to be thankful for. There are people all over the world searching for somewhere to belong. I believe there's people on the North Shore searching for somewhere to belong. And when we are redeemed, I believe we have this sense of home. We have this sense that we are home. And that's why belong is one of our core values. We want people to be able to come into the presence of God and feel like they belong there. Feel like they're at home. And not just feel it, we actually want them to be home. We actually want them to be redeemed. But people remember how they feel. We want people to feel at home. I, as your pastor, want you to feel at home. You know, a lighthouse... We sang, I think, the song last week with the kids. A lighthouse, what is it? It's a symbol of safety. It's also a symbol of warning. Hey, look out. You're going to hit the shore soon. But when you're a ship lost at sea, wandering around the ocean or wandering around the big lake over here, and you see that lighthouse before GPS, before all of these things, in the middle of the storm, and you saw a lighthouse, it was a sign of hope. It was a sign of safety saying, oh, we made it. We're almost there. I have hope. There's a second group of people here. They sat in darkness. They were exiles who sat in darkness. They walked through the shadow of death. This one's kind of dark. They suffered as captives of slaves, forced laborers because of their rebellion. Day in and day out, they would work back and forth. They worked without a dream. They worked without purpose. They worked for somebody else. They worked as a slave for their enemies. There was no hope. They do not live in the freedom. And today there are people that are slaves today that are living out someone else's dream, that aren't living for any purpose, for any plan, or any dream at all. There are people that are just desperate they're, they're, they're so far gone, they can't even see hope anymore. They're living in darkness. And they keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. It's like going in the bush on your ATV like I did a few weeks ago with Morgan, our niece, and I got stuck. And no matter what I did, I could not get out. It wasn't until I had the right tools to actually get out of that rut, out of that pit, that I actually had a moment where I felt that there was hope. There are so many people spinning their tires in darkness, and they need hope. John 8, 34 says, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Can you leave the guitar? I don't want you to break it, okay? Can you leave it? Good. Yeah, okay, that's fine. All right, the third group, are you ready? These ones are my favorite, because who likes to make fun of people that dug the hole themselves? Uh, you, you, you did that to yourself. You got in that hole yourself. These are the fools in affliction. This group of people doesn't have a location per se, but they found themselves usually sick and broken because of some foolish thing that they did. You know, I don't believe that, you know, you're going you're gonna to do an action and God's going to punish you for that action. I don't always necessarily believe that because sometimes bad things just happen. 
Leland. That's loud, huh? Sometimes bad things that happen. However, if you do something unwise, if you do something foolish, the chances of something bad happening to you increase exponentially. For example, last week, driving through the trail on the ATV going a little too fast, what happens when the tire hits the side of a tree? You go flying into the handlebars. I still have the bruise. I'm okay. Doing something foolish certainly increases the chances of something bad happening to you. Some of us deliberately do the same things over and over again. Some of us continually and deliberately do things against what God has called us to do and be who he's not called us to be. We deliberately sin and make foolish decisions. And we open up ourselves to more opportunities for pain, more opportunities for heartache. Our hearts in that moment begin to become hard. We become calloused. We become sheltered. We're not sheltered. We become just so cold to the things of God that we start to work against him. Fools in affliction. It's like we intentionally break the rules or we don't even care about the rules anymore. We don't care where this path is going to lead me. I'm just going to go and do it anyway. And finally, the fourth group. We talk about the group that is down in the sea. You can continue to read through Psalm 107, and it goes through these four groups of people. And what's interesting about this one, the down in the sea group, is that these final group of exiles from Israel Israel, likely became sailors, which would be far from the promised land. And even though Israel was close to water on the sea, They were not typically an aquatic people. They were not sailors. They were not master uh, fishermen or anything like that at this time in 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 the history. Israelites rarely went out to the sea at all because it was so unknown and unpredictable. Everything they needed was provided to them on land by God. Everything they needed was already there. They did not have to go searching. If they were a sailor at sea, it meant that they probably worked under a foreign king or ruler. Again, they were made slaves. Life at sea then and sometimes still is dangerous and unpredictable. Shipwrecks and drownings are a common occurrence. Um, did you know that there's over 350 known shipwrecks in our own lake? And that's only the ones we know about. Over a thousand lives have been lost in this big lake of Superior next to us. You know, some people go out on the water every day and they come back safely every time. There are people who live to fish where others fish to live. I think we're blessed that we don't have to fish to live. And some of us, if Frank were here, he'd tell you he lives to fish. I have never been in a shipwreck. I've never even been in a boat during a significant storm. I've had a few moments in my life where I've seen the waves start to crash over the front of the boat. And that gets a little intimidating. That gets a little bit scary. But I still know I can see the shore. I still know that we're going to be okay. The point is, this stands out to me when they were at sea, is is that they were following somebody else instead of following God. They went and sought out how to take care of themselves instead of putting their trust in their Heavenly Father. What does this conclude today? What does this have to do with thanksgiving? The conclusion is is that all can be saved. 
There is hope for all people. There is redemption for every single one of these groups of people. So whether you are intentionally turning your back on God, there's hope for you. Whether you are a wanderer, just doing your own thing, trying to survive, there is redemption for you. Whether you're a servant to somebody else or servant to your flesh or serving the things that feel good that aren't of God, serving the sin in your life, there's hope for you. All four of these groups of people were reunited in the promised land. They were giving hope. They had something in common. And that thing that they had in common was that God delivered them all. God delivered them all. This Thanksgiving Sunday, we have reason to give thanks to the Lord because He is good. He has the power, He has the authority to forgive, He has the power, the ability to heal, He has the power and the ability to restore. Not only does He save us for a price that He's paid, but He also restores us. He makes us new. He makes us new again. No matter if we've stumbled by a fault of our own, by something that has been upon us or or pushed on us or presented to us, God offers us hope. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. We believe certainly in change and transformation. And faith, I believe, is an incredible requirement of transformation. We don't have to be the people we were yesterday. We are the saved people today. Your faith, your transformation becomes a story that we begin to share with other people. I've shared my story before here, and I'll share it again in in days, weeks, years to come. But God saved me. For whatever reason, God saw where I was in my life at the young age of like four years old. And said, Gary, I want you to start going to church with your mother. And you're going to take her and this is what you're going to do. And I couldn't escape that pull. I, I begged, I, I, I tried, whatever I could. I made sure that we went to church. And we went to church and my mom had an incredible experience with the power of God. And felt this release of these burdens. Felt the power of redemption in her life and the power of being rescued. And she never turned back. We began to experience the purpose that God had for our lives. And I can remember being eight years old and someone said, Gary, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I just, without hesitation, without even thinking about it, just said, I'm going to be a pastor. Never really talked about it before. I never really thought much more after it in that moment. But that's what I said. And what am I doing today? (laughs) I'm a pastor. No matter the age that you are, God's got a purpose and a plan for your life. Whether you're as young as Liara today or as old as Bill, we'll pick on him today. God's got a plan for your life. And no matter how old you are, no matter how far you've gone, no matter the things that have happened to you or what you've done, God can still rescue you. Let's pray today. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that we give thanks to the Lord today for your goodness. 
I thank you that your love endures forever. Lord, through all generations, Lord, there is nothing that can ever separate us from the love of God. There is no time, O oh Lord, that can separate us from the love of God. Lord, what you did thousands of years ago to bring the Israelites back home, I pray that you would do it again here on the North Shore. Bring those who are lost, bring those who are hurting, bring those who are walking in darkness, who are serving, Lord, powers of darkness. I pray that you would bring redemption, you would bring restoration, O oh Lord, and you'd bring pur purpose, O oh Lord, to those lives today. For those who have gathered here, for those of us who have gathered online, Jesus, I pray that you would make yourself known to us and remind us of what you've done for us. Lord, that we would get excited about the fact that we are saved and redeemed. That you'd give us the courage, O oh Lord, to tell people that we have been saved. And Lord, that you continually save us every day. You continually redeem and restore us, Lord, each and every day. I pray, O oh Lord, we'd have patience. We would know all that you have for us now and forevermore. Thank you for this church. And thank you for these communities. Thank you, God, for those that you desired to be a part of your family once again. Lord, would you use us? Would you help us? Would you empower us through your Holy Spirit to see, Lord, lives changed forever? In your name we pray. Everyone said? Amen. So, if you don't have anything to be thankful for, Remember what God has done for your life, and then begin to tell people about it. Okay? Okay. Amen. So good to see you. I'm thankful for all of you today. I'm thankful for our church. Thankful for your love, your support. I'm thankful for your passion. Just thankful for who you are as people. You're just a great... I, I was telling someone the other day, I said, this is the best church I've ever had to pastor. Uh, I've, you know, and I've pastored some really good places and been loved a lot of places, but... Man, God has called us here, and we just absolutely love you guys. So I am so thankful for you today. So you can know that you are loved and appreciated and thanked. And even if you're online, I love you too, just so you know. Awesome. Well, have a good Thanksgiving, everybody. God bless.